This excellent presentation is brought to you by the great skill of our very own Sriman Anshu Prabhu. Let's give him a hand. Hare Krishna. Who knew such talent? We're, we're just seeing a little bit leaking out, but soon all of this talent pool is going to be unleashed upon the world, causing a wave of Lord Chaitanya's mercy. So <clears throat> this uh, TOVP building, as we can see rendered here, is an example of how the desire of a pure devotee becomes manifest to the outside world. The Krishna consciousness movement really is a manifestation of the heart of Srila Prabhupada. Whatever is in the heart eventually becomes manifest outwardly. For instance, if somebody is full of tamagun in his or her heart, then eventually he or she's going to get angry and say some nasty words to somebody that will be degrading for both the speaker and the listener. However, if somebody is in the uh, mode of passion, goodness, then such manifestations that match those modes will come out. And in the heart of one who has unalloyed devotional service, then the, transcendent, the transcendence, the, the manifestation of Krishna comes out to the world. Only the pure devotees reveal Krishna in this world. Bhavadvita Bhagavatas Tirta Bhuta Swayam Bibo Tirta Kurvanti Tirtani Swantak Stenagadavrata Krishna is within the heart of everybody. But he's in the hearts of the pure devotees, especially because they are very dear to him and he is dear to them. And therefore, wherever they go, they're able to manifest Krishna because they have love for Krishna in their hearts. So devotees of the Lord, who especially those who are preaching Krishna consciousness all over the world are able to manifest these kinds of temples. But that's not the most amazing thing. As Prophet said, the most amazing was that he was able to instill in the hearts of those who had previously been averse to any rules and regulations in life who had no conception of God or who did have conceptions of God, but they were lacking he was able to install Krishna within their hearts and then they became enthusiastic. So every living being has volition, but when somebody's in the diseased condition of life, that volition is wasted. It gets put into building skyscrapers that get filled up with Rajagun and Tamagun nary a molecule of sattvagun in these places. And 
people go about raising families, becoming kings, designing amazing machines. But unless they're connected to Krishna, it's for naught. And the pure devotee has no other ambition or purpose other than to share Krishna with the world, to make sure that everybody gets the opportunity. So these manifestations come out. So purpose. Let's look at the word for a second. The word purpose, intention, aim, goal, from Anglo-French, Anglo propose. Old French, aim, intention. So living entities are not dead stones and they have ambitions and they have intentions. Intend has the meaning to reach out. Ten means to stretch. And then we look further here. Per means from, it's related to the Latin pro before and pose means to suggest something. Suppose, assume, concede uh, to position something to suggest so propose means to put forward one's, what's in one's heart. You propose something. You say, uh, "This is this is what I, this is what my ambition is. <laughs> this is what I'd like to do." And I'm putting it forward. Per I'm putting it forward. My intention. So that word is important, obviously, in in looking through this presentation on the seven purposes of ISKCON, which is what we're about to do. And oftentimes in Krishna consciousness, we'll find that the purpose may not be immediately realized. Srila Prabhupada had decided what he wanted to do. If you look through the early writings of Srila Prabhupada, before he had started any movement, he had started it, actually, because he was writing it down on paper. He had an elaborate scheme through which millions of people would get trained as high-class people. He would take people from all different sections of the society and systematically raise them through training to a higher position of life, into the Brahminical stage of life. Isn't that amazing? He was thinking about it, writing it down. So purpose means to put forward your intention in the first place that Prabhupada put it to get, put it forward was on paper. He was scheming, he was designing. Even so, we might find when we're putting forward our ideas, when we're proposing something, that it may not go anywhere at first especially if you just bring it up to somebody in the hallway and say, hey, what do you think? But if you write it down and you're systematic about presenting it and trying different ways, then eventually Krishna makes a, a slot that you can drop that idea in. So Prabhupada didn't know where it was going to come from. Later on, when he was speaking on Srila Bhaktisiddhanta's Disappearance day, he said, who knew, who knew, who knew, who knew this would happen? Who knew we would meet? 
I mean, who knew that he would come to New York and he would meet devotees, future devotees on the street or in the park, or that uh, they would go to London and meet the Beatles. Who knew all these things? Krishna knew, because he says, Vedaham samatitani vartamana nicharjuna bhavishani chabutani mamtu venanakashjana that I know everything. And he oftentimes puts together our plan before we know he's putting it together. And he does it in ways that we can't even imagine. So oftentimes when we propose something to Krishna, an idea that I'd like to do this for you, we have to wait and see what is Krishna's plan. But we still have to remain determined and keep trying. So let's look at the seven purposes of ISKCON as Prabhupada proposed them. Then, of course, back to this beautiful picture of naturalist gifts and the train of thought I was in was that often things start in a, in a humble way. From the plan on paper, they start manifesting in simple ways. Prabhupada was desperate in New York to get a place to stay. In fact, he had a loft and he was staying with one person who ended up being crazy and trying to kill Prabhupada. And Prabhupada left that loft and ended up at the house of Mukunda and Janaki or at the apartment. He had uh, his Prabhupada's um, assistant had let uh, Michael, at the time his name was Michael, know that uh, Prabhupada was in need and wanted to come over. And of course, when somebody calls you when you weren't ready for it, you might think, oh, my house isn't in very good order and so forth. And when he answered the phone, Prabhupada's assistant, another devotee, a fledgling follower said, uh, oh yeah, he's right downstairs. <laughs> they were on a pay phone. <laughs> and, and Michael and his wife, were uh, shocked and he said, we'll be right up. So they came up and the television was on playing cartoons and the house was a bit of a mess and Prabhupada came in and uh, Prabhupada's assistant expressed what, what his need was, that he needed a place. And so just from that, uh, Michael said, I'll see what I can do. And he got together with a couple of others who were enthusiasts about the Swami's presence in New York. And they found this place uh, uh, on 26 Second Avenue. It's still there. The building is still there. Uh, ISKCON is still in that uh, building. And um, Prabhupada moved into that small storefront. It turned out that there was an apartment in the back and he took that also. And uh, the purpose was starting to manifest, and that was really to plant his flag here in America. And now, of course, somebody might look at this stage and say, now, what have you really done? You just have a little apartment and you have a tiny storefront and a bunch of um, grungy looking people who are coming around. They can't be Vaishnavs. In fact, some of Prabhupada's godbrothers did take this attitude they didn't want to help. 
and they also criticized and they said these people cannot become uh, Vaishnavas, they can't become, take Brahminical initiation and so forth. So uh, even as Prophet's purpose is manifesting, he's getting this storefront. Uh, we can see into the future uh, here on the right hand side, Prophet had desired, as we'll see, to uh, put out books because his spiritual master, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, had given him a specific instruction. That was at Radhakund. It was not too long before his guru had left the world. The prophet asked, how can I serve you? He was in a situation where he had to take care of family members and there were lots of sannyasis and brahmacharis around his guru Maharaj at that time, very close close at hand. And Prabhupada wanted to know, what can I do to serve you? And Srila Bhaktisiddhanta revealed to him that although we have this big marble temple in Bhagavazar, I'm sensing that the devotees are becoming quarrelsome and that they're fighting over which room, who gets which room, a, a spirit of entitlement and perhaps even a spirit of enjoyment was creeping in. Almost the same thing, entitlement and enjoyment. And so he said, I, there's going to be a fire in the month, meaning that there would be difficulty. So he said, if I had my choice, I'd take the marble from the temples, I'd sell it, and I'd print some books. So he told his disciple, Abhay Charan Aravinda, that if you ever get money, you print books. And Prabhupada took that to his heart. He said later on, I took it from my Guru Maharaj's mouth that he is very fond of books. And you'll notice throughout, throughout his life, he kept this, and we'll see in the seven purposes of ISKCON, it's one of the themes of uh, literature, printing books, and so forth. So we go from this tiny um, apartment at that time, there was a uh, volume uh, or several uh, volumes of the first canto that Prabhupada would read from, and also his manuscript from Bhagavad Gita he would lecture on. But later, here we already have the fifth canto you see on the right-hand side, and Prabhupada is uh, going through it, appreciating it. And so, step by step, when one expresses one's purpose to Krishna, writes it down, and then goes through all the pains to enact it, then gradually something wonderful can happen. For the devotee, it's wonderful to be able to offer something to Krishna that's tangible, that, that uh, manifests uh, the words of his or her spiritual master. So here's a lotus of purposes. Prabhupada gave these ideas to propagate spiritual knowledge, to propagate uh, Krishna conscious, consciousness of Krishna, to bring the society nearer to Krishna, to encourage the Sankirtan movement, to erect the holy places of Lord Krishna's pastimes, teaching a simpler way of life and uh, distribution of spiritual books. And let's look at them in a list. So purpose one was to systematically propagate spiritual knowledge to society at large and to educate all people in the techniques of spiritual life in order to check the imbalance of values in life and achieve unity and peace in the world. Again, to systematically propagate spiritual knowledge 
to society at large and to educate all people in the techniques of spiritual life in order to check the imbalance of values in life and to achieve real unity and peace in the world. I just want to look for a minute at the meaning of the word propagate, which we'll see here. Because he uses it throughout. And propagate means to cause to multiply from Latin, propagatus. Set forward, extend, spread, increase, multiply plants by layers, breed. So this is the propagatus. And uh, see pro, second element, prog, to fasten. That's a word forming element meaning forward, uh, toward the front, pro, and pag, from propagate, means to fasten and to increase. So there's a, a way in which uh, this, me, this word propagate is a very active word. It means to go forward, pro, go forward. You have to go for it. And you also have to increase the numbers to breed, to try try to in, um, expand it. This is really what it means. And then the word systematically is important also. To be systematic means it's not a hobby. You're not doing it just casually, but you really take it seriously and find out how to systematize everything that you do. And what are we systematically propagating? What was Prabhupada's idea? Spiritual knowledge. And his Guru Maharaj told him that there's only one thing lacking in the world, and that is Krishna consciousness. Nothing else lacking. So how far does, it, does he want to go in the mission statement here for propagating to society at large? And all people are included. Educate all people, society at large and all people, in the techniques of spiritual life in order to check the imbalance. There's so much in this, but think about techniques of spiritual life. Oftentimes people take spiritual life as something amorphous, wispy, can do whatever you want. As long as it feels good, do it. They take it that if there's anything systematic or that it can be articulated as a technique, it may not be spiritual, but actually the Goswamis of Vrindavan are mentioned nana shastra vichadarnaika nipunos sadharma samstapako. They very carefully and systematically created a culture through which people could learn the techniques of spiritual life. For instance, in the Nectar of Instruction, it's a step-by-step -step guide to how to enact spiritual life. And uh, then he gives the reason why to check in order to check the imbalance of values in life and to achieve real unity and peace in the world. Now, I want you just to imagine for a minute where Prabhupada was when he was writing this and what kind of attention he was giving to this. All of you know who have written goals or mission statements that it takes a lot of thought 
you write something, you walk away, then you get another idea, you come back to it, you go over it again and again. Does it, does it encompass all of the ideas that I want in this to express my purpose, what I, what I want to do for Krishna? And you see in this statement, it's so powerful. When you condense, when you wordsmith based on your desire to serve Krishna, as Prabhupada has done here, he's uh, given great consideration for the exact wording. I had written this on a card, which I still have. And this is what I used to show people when I'd ask for a donation. And I'd say, and so we ask for a donation for these books we're distributing and here's why. And this is what we do with the money. And I'd hand them this card and then we'd read it. I'd read it aloud to them. And I'd say, uh, we're asking for donations because well, this is our goal to systematically propagate spiritual knowledge to society at large and to educate all people in the techniques of spiritual life in order to check the imbalance of values in life and to achieve real unity and peace in the world. And people just love it. And uh, I'm sorry I'm just mentioning this now, we're remembering it, but it's a really good idea to, to try this when you're spreading Krishna consciousness. You can, you can memorize it or you can have it printed on cards, professionally printed and hand it to people and say, this is what we're doing. Could even do it first as you're presenting the book and say, uh, th these books are meant to systematically propagate spiritual knowledge and etc. And uh, it's a, a mantra that has been well thought out. It's sprung from the heart of Srila Prabhupada. And therefore, when you say it to people, they uh, go back on their heels. They swoon. They uh, want to help immediately. They become spontaneously attracted to helping and spreading the Christian consciousness movement right along with you. So now, um, before we go to the next couple of uh, purposes, as if this wasn't enough, there's six more. Let's take some reflections or some uh, questions to expand the conversation. If we might, if we Hare Krishna Maharaj, Tanwar Pranam. Hare Krishna. Maharaj, sorry, I just wanted to, um, um, like the microphone is not coming from your uh, directional one. Why didn't anybody tell me till now? Is it better now? Uh, what? You can't hear me? Is that what you're saying? We can no, we, hear you loud and clear. We can hear you, but it, it I think it's taking from your laptop, not from the external microphone. Really? From my laptop? But it, no, it, 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 I can hear you fine. Yeah, we can hear Marat fine. Okay. So Maharaj, um, I have a question. Um, when we, when we, you were saying Prabhupada wrote all this, um, did he write it in India or did he write it here after coming to the US? He wrote it in India. Is that better Mukharavind? I just put it on my road. Yes, Maharaj, now it's much better. Thank you very much. He, he has a refined ear. Mukhara Okay. Um, yeah, sorry about that. And thanks for letting me know. So, uh, Hare Krishna Maharaj Dhanur Pranam. Hare Krishna. <laughs> so Maharaj, I was really admiring uh, the, the, the purpose, the word systematic. 
because um, one of the things that struck me when I first saw you giving a presentation online, I had not even met you, but you were giving a presentation on book distribution in Los Angeles. And, um, and when I heard that, that, uh, that presentation, I was like, oh my goodness, it is so systematic, everything, you know, laid out nicely. And so you had kind of, you know, carried forward Prabhupada's instructions on, because uh, normally people don't take um, any of the religious or spiritual activities the way we would take something at our office, right? You know, like have a mission statement, you have plans and purpose and things like that. So I really wanted to thank you for bringing such a nice structure to book distribution and like, you know, just take the four laws. They are so, they're almost like the universal laws of book distribution. They always work like that. So I just wanted to point out and thank you and Prabhupada both you know, for making it so systematic. Well, what I can say about that is that you're one of the most systematic people I've ever met. And it, I'm, I'm happy that you were there at that lecture that day <laughs> that attracted your mind. Because it's simultaneous, I was praying, please send somebody to help me systematize everything. And then you happen to walk through the door at ISV and things have never been the same. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for all that you do 24 7 I'm not sure if you ever sleep. What else do we have? There's a lot here, right? Vaikuntha Nayaka Prabhu. It's powerful hearing Prabhupada's intentions written down in his own language and perfectly. Definitely, definitely. You're feeling it all the way down there, right? Yeah, I was just uh, thinking, I was remembering uh, this uh, quote. I I don't know who said it, maybe Bhaktivika Swami, or I don't know who, but. uh, I remember the quote. It was, it was like he was saying the quote is something, paraphrasing it, it was something in that like, I don't want to be labeled a prakritiya sahajiya, but if a tear does not roll out after seeing, after hearing about Prabhupada's struggles, then the heart is really made of stone. Right. So I was mm-hmm. just thinking how much actually Shla Prabhupada went through in the initial days. Uh, he could just have stayed uh, blissfully in uh, Vrindavan, in Radha Damodar temple. But uh, what kind of austerities he took. Right? Even today, I could not imagine actually staying with uh, someone who eats meat. Right? I could not imagine uh, sharing my refrigerator with uh, a person. But Prabhupada was actually three, four generations before me. And he had such higher standards than that of me. But... Uh, Yet he actually chose to come down to that level out of his immense mercy to give out this knowledge to the world. So, yes, definitely, Mother. There's a, a, a conversation from 1967. You'll hear on the lectures or in the conversations Prabhupada's having with a, a woman who is coming, obviously, and listening carefully. And she takes a lot of notes, asks a lot of questions. And Prabhupada was saying about how I'd rather be in Vrindavan. That's my home, he was saying. But I've come here because it's the order of my spiritual master to come and help you. And for Prabhupada and those in the line of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, this mood of sacrifice to go out from one's home, where uh, the home for the Vaishnava really means Vrindavan or Mayapur, or Puri, where one feels 
snug in one's bhajan with with Krishna, but it's a higher taste to go out and make some kind of sacrifice uh, in order to, to help other people. And that's really the mood of propagate. You have to be proactive. You really have to go after it and go out into the world for it. Go ahead. Um, who is next? Thank you very much. That was very powerful, Vaikuntanaika. Especially the part where you were appreciating uh, Prabhupada's suffering. And, uh, but the thought I had when you said that was for the devotee, it's, um, it's such a pleasure to suffer. <laughs> Bhaktivinoda Thakur said, whatever trouble I take to execute the order of my Guru Maharaj, that's my actual happiness. Because trouble's going to be there anyway. It just comes knocking at the door when you're not, you know, you get comfortable and then knock, knock, knock. Hey, guess what? <laughs> Your life is ruined. So, uh, you know, better to preemptively disturb one's own life for the sake of the guru and stay in that um, position. as That's actual happiness. It's very, very interesting. Yes, Maharaj. Actually, since you mentioned that, I was remembering whenever... I I heard a no in book distribution, right? I thought that these were the no's that are getting removed from my life, which I anyway would have otherwise heard from my boss, from my <laughs> whoever. Right? And those no's are getting removed. By every now, come on, write that down. Uh, Malini, write it down. Make sure you write that one down. We're going to use that in all our seminars from now on because it's, it's one of the... Uh, frequently asked questions and a great fear that people have. What if somebody rejects me and say, you're just removing all all the foundational subtle aspect of rejection in the universe gets removed by being rejected for Krishna. This is beautiful. Very nicely done. Okay. Anybody else uh, really want to jump in or you want me to go back to the slides? Hi, Krishna Gromash. Hare Krishna Deva Vrata. I like that point you just made. Preemptively disturb one's life before life disturbs you. Just you make the sacrifice, go through the struggles and find bliss in that struggle. You find bliss in those struggles rather than waiting for the struggles to come and disturb you. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, if you if you preemptively give up material desires, then there's no death. Die to live. So death comes knocking at your door, says, I can't, death means, is that little call that comes said, I came to take everything away. And then you're there saying, sorry, I already gave it away. can't help you. So really the, the devotees die to live and they, they die by surrendering their conception. It's a false conception, the false ego, ahankara, that I'm doing something. I'm the doer, or these are my things. I don't have any things. I only have Krishna's things. I'm, I'm, I'm renting everything out. So I got to keep it clean, and I got to use it in His service. And when when uh, death comes and says, "Give it," it's like I already gave it. I gave it the office. Can't help you. Thanks, David Vata. Very good point as usual. Okay, let's go back because I'm noticing I'm chewing up the clock really fast here. We're going back. To present mode. And here we have 
purpose number two, to propagate, again the word comes up, a Krishna conscious, excuse me, I'll start over, to propagate a consciousness of Krishna as it is revealed in the Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhagavatam. Clear and concise, very simple. Again, it's active and it goes to consciousness. So this is unassailable, we're not converting people to a religion, but we're propagating a consciousness because the living being is made of consciousness, chitkana. And it can be the living entity exposed to various levels of consciousness and the topmost of all of them is Krishna consciousness. This is a presentation that anyone can appreciate as being not only non-sectarian but also achievable. And then how will it be substantiated through the revealed scriptures? It will be revealed by Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhagavatam. These are the authorities. So this is a movement, Prophet said, based on Shastra. It's based on on these books, Bhagavatam and Bhagavad Gita. And this is the strongest foundation that one can have for a movement, is to have a founding document. Just like the United States of America is based on the Constitution, and that was based on the Magna Carta, in which... People got together and they decided these will be the values and the ways that we'll express these values. And because there was a clear document underlying their movement, which became this United States, there's been a way, despite the helter-skelter nature of the democracy that's here, to continually come back to the standard document. Of course, it's a mundane example because that's a basically a concocted document. However, these are a parusheya. They're not from a human origin. They're transcendental. So how much more one could base a movement on shast, on a document when it is coming from an infallible source? And we can depend on that. And Prabhupada always did. When he was giving talks, in his room especially, and scientists, uh, other kinds of intellectuals would come, professors. Prabhupada would oftentimes say to his uh, assistants who were sitting, listening, uh, find out that verse. Prabhupada knew the verse, of course, but he wanted to show that what he was saying was coming from the Bhagavad Gita or the Srimad Bhagavatam. So when he would make a point to one of these personalities, he would say, find out that verse. And then he would point to the, to the actual Sanskrit. This is where it comes from. This is the foundation. So he was propagating this philosophy. And then when it came to substantiating where it came from, he would say, Bhagavad Gita, Srimad Bhagavatam. And if we, we stand on this principle of basing everything we say on these Shastras, then our our presentation will be effective, otherwise not. Shruti Smriti Pranadi Panchatriki Vidimbina Aikantiki Hare Bhakti Rupata Yaiva Kalpate. If you don't base 
your propagation or your practice on the on the shastras, then you just create a disturbance for for all the other devotees <laughs> because you're not situated properly. So this is how our Krishna conscious movement is situated in Shastra. The next purpose to bring the members of the society together with each other and nearer to Krishna, the prime entity, and thus to develop the idea within the members and humanity at large that each soul is part and parcel of the quality of Godhead Krishna. This theme will come up again and which theme to bring the members of the society together Prabhupada had this intention that he wanted everyone to do it together to cooperate and in uh, Rabindra Sarup Prabhu's monograph he had uh, written Salvation for a Gaudiya Vaishnav means socialization into this highest society, being accepted, for example, into the company of the six Goswamis, or into the circle of gopis who may serve Rati Manjari or Lalita Sakhi. Damnation is the opposite, isolation and exclusion. We self we, self-alienated, non-cooperative living entities, living here in exile, isolated in solitary confinement by the impervious walls of our egoism, are always summoned to return as fully integrated members of that transcendent society. Come on, that was a beautiful verse. Anshu, what do you think? That last sentence, what did you think of it? Yes, Maharaj, I thought it was Packed. wonderful. Packed yeah. full, isn't it? I'm going to read it to you again. Are you ready? Damnation is the opposite, isolation and ex exclusion. We, self-alienated, non-cooperative living entities, living here in exile, isolated in solitary confinement by the impervious walls of our egoism, are always summoned to return as fully integrated members of that transcendent society. And bhakti yoga is the practice. This is Rabindra Sarup writing and Prabhu, and Bhakti Yoga is the practice by which we become fit to rejoin, to rejoin it. By Bhakti, we become increasingly integrated into the divine society, closer to Krishna and closer to his associates. And at the same time, we try to bring others with us. And this is the highest yoga Srila Prabhupada said in 1968, San Francisco, quote, if you push on this movement of Krishna consciousness, then you'll be performing the highest type of yoga. Don't be misled by so-called yogas. This is yoga. Yoga means cooperation, cooperation with the Supreme. This is sublime, isn't it? Isn't this music to your ears, everybody? Because you're, you're pushing. We're pushing together to spread the movement. And Madhava Govinda Prabhu, he was so intent on getting back to his service here. He did a, a long route all the way going through Canada and now coming back to the United States whenever he can. And, uh, you know, just somehow or other to stay within the, the Sangha of those who are pushing and uh, propagating. 
And Prabhupada says right here, if you push on this movement of Krishna consciousness, then you'll be performing the highest type of yoga. Yoga We call book distribution, for, for instance, high sadhana. It is. And so this cooperation and coming closer to the society and being reintegrated, this is one of the purposes of ISKCON. The spiritual world is not just a homogeneous oneness. It's a it's a society. There's a hierarchy there. There are relationships and um, all centered around Krishna. But we have to learn how to live in that society again. And even as we're um, getting ready to go back to Godhead, those who learn the lessons of how to live in a society, for instance, you can't um, be successful in a society if you don't cooperate. And I can guarantee you, well, at least my realization is that cooperation is the greatest of all austerities, especially when it comes to working with others. <laughs> because, you know, everyone has their own separate idea and what to speak of subhava, you know, in this lifetime, we all have various samskars and one samskar doesn't naturally mix with somebody else's samskar or idea of how to do things. But you have to tolerate that and learn how we can work together. Of course, the spiritual world, there's no material samskars, but they're all different personalities. And the sublimity of this movement is, and, and of Prabhupada's systematic approach to it, was to bring everybody back to that idea of working together, the, to bring the members of the society together. Am I sharing or not? No, no. I'm not. <laughs> okay, sorry. Just now I am only. To bring the members of society together is important with each other and nearer to Krishna, the prime entity, and thus develop the idea within the members and humanity at large that each soul is part and parcel of the quality of Godhead Krishna. So within this, there's also the element of personalism because Nirvishe Shunyavadi Paschatya Deshatarani Prabhupada specifically came westward where there was all this impersonalism and voidism people really don't know what they're talking about but they're already contaminated by somebody they thought did know what they were talking about and they didn't and so they had all these impersonal conceptions and Prabhupada wanted to show through the cooperation of all the devotees and the distribution of knowledge that each soul is part and parcel of Krishna. We're not God, but we're part of God. Let's take a couple of reflections because this is really a nice section here. And let's hear any any thoughts that you have, realizations to amplify this section. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Madhava uh, Govinda. We were just talking about you a second ago. Thank you. I was actually just remembering, I was reading the Ocean of Mercy book, the Bhaktichara Swami Maharaj. In that, uh, in the very last section, uh, Maharaj was writing that how when Prabhupada was in his final days, uh, one devotee approached Prabhupada and he said that, uh, Prabhupada, I'm ready to die for you. Prabhupada appreciated the sentiment. He said, that's very nice. And then he said that, if you really want to show your love for me, you should cooperate. So, I mean, Prabhupada actually 
felt that uh, cooperating with the within the movement was much more important than actually giving up the body for the uh, uh, spiritual master. I'm just appreciating how Prabhupada kept that at yeah. a high Thank you for the citation. And actually, cooperation is a kind of death because really we're always dying to the ego that I should be first, I should be the center, I get credit for this. And when you cooperate, you give other people credit. You have to. And those who can cooperate more are more successful in systematically spreading Krishna consciousness because you can't do it alone. You have to do it with others. And it's very subtle. But when the members of the team actually genuinely develop Krishna consciousness and are able to let go of their own sense that I have to be the one who gets credit for all this and it's not about me, it's about us together, then it becomes successful. And that's a kind of death when I'm able to, to uh, relinquish my stake in it. I have to plant my flag and say, this is me here. So that that's a, a an excellent point madhava government thank you very much what else i could see others getting ready to launch some re realizations oh yes please go ahead but i was just on this point of cooperation you know like you said it was big austerity if um if you feel like the, the aim cooperating means you know the aim or the vision of Thank you. Did you understand what he said? Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj. I did not get the complete thing, but as far as I understand, Prabhu is asking how much cooperation can we do if we have to balance preaching and the family life? How much cooperation can we do? So, so, so we have our responsibility for preaching and we have cooperation at home, in family life, how do we balance that? That's what my understanding is, but Prabhu can correct me. Was that, was that something close can to you what you said? No, I was saying like, if the vision of the leadership that you're under is more, seems to be more towards like business or uh, fabulous you worship, but the preaching seems to be undermined or not less participation in the preaching you're, you're, from what you understand is that the preaching is the first and foremost the book distribution like that then how much cooperation do you do that was my kind of question so does cooperation mean that you stay home and, or, or stay in, in the structure of the organization and support the business aspect or the city worship aspect as opposed to the, the seems to be the most important 
It was a, was that a question? I was I was just thinking, Maharaj, that um, that Madhav Mahotsav Prabhu can use our excellent question and answer system too. Yeah, why don't you write it out succinctly? Because we could hear, at least I could hear, only about forty three percent of what you said. <laughs> Somehow the microphone there is not um, catching everything. But I know it's something very important. So I hope that you would just write a few sentences and then we'll, we'll attend to it. Okay, let's take one more reflection before we go on to the next ones. Ma Malini. Hare Krishna Prabhu. Please accept my humble obeisances. Hare Krishna. Prabhu, um, I was just thinking how the three purposes of ISKCON we have read so far, um, they are in a way directly related to book distribution. Um, uh, because every time we distribute books or try to distribute books um, and some people end up not taking the books but we ask them to touch to touch the books so that we wanted them to bring closer to Krishna one step at a time so I was just appreciating how um, we could learn so much uh, including the in the purposes that Srila Prabhupada wanted and it is all available for us uh, to experience live when we go out on Sankirtan so Experience live when we go on Sankirtan. Yes, I like that very much. We get the experience of what Prabhupada felt when he was going out into the great unknown to just to fulfill mm -hmm. Krishna's desire, his guru's desire. And also we get that personal experience of having contact with people and what it feels like to give them contact with Krishna. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Malini, very much. And since you reminded me, I've only done several uh, only a few so far can you see this yes okay good number four to teach and encourage the sankirtan movement of congregational chanting of the holy name of god as revealed in the teachings of lord sri chaitanya mahaprabhu again another powerful word encourage comes from the word core a french word which means the heart and the, the to Encourage people is one of the main aspects of surviving in this world because the environment and the material world is enervating. It's always taking away our energy and discouraging us, especially when we have a material conception of life. It seems hopeless. And the only way to ultimately encourage anybody is to introduce them to Sankirtan and say, here's the way to align yourself with, with Krishna with your higher nature and so teaching and encouraging teaching and encouraging teaching and encouraging is necessary you can teach but you also will notice you have to encourage people have questions about how can i survive how can i get out of depression how can i cooperate with my family members and these types of things and people feel depressed people can't control their senses so you have to encourage 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 and and also at the same time teach. And what are we teaching? Sankirtan. And what is it? A movement. It's a Sankirtan movement. And if, uh, if it's going to be a movement, somebody's got to move. And that movement means congregational chanting of the holy names of the Lord. And that was interpreted widely by Srila Prabhupada as also distributing books, uh, speaking about Krishna. It's also kirtan. And uh, especially congregational chanting is uh, very powerful. Uh, but the emphasis is on the word congregational, bringing people together for this. 
And again, as revealed in the teachings of Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Very concise and powerful. And the next is to erect for the members and for society at large a holy place of transcendental pastimes dedicated to the personality of Krishna. So this is one of the ways Prabhupada was very active always. Uh, as soon as he was able to start getting financial help, he had ideas about uh, getting a, a Western house in India so the devotees could come. The first thing he put up there in Mayapur was that long building so that the devotees could come and stay. And uh, he wanted to accommodate. You have to accommodate people so they have a place to stay. And um, also, Nuvrindavan, this idea of having a place with all these temples where if you go nowadays, you'll notice that busloads of people come and they don't, you know, they're from um, this uh, rural area, some of them. They've never seen Krishna, heard of Krishna, but they heard there's a, a golden palace there and they come as an example to Nuvrindavan. And once they go there, they're, they're able to feel something. And I saw it also in Hungary at Krishna Volgi, the farm. There's thousands of people come every day to that on buses to see that uh, project that uh, Shivaram Maharaj and his devotees have developed where there's farming and cows and then a beautiful temple with Sri Sri Radha Sundar. And they actually set up seats in the temple room theater style. So when, when the buses come, they sit in front of the deities and, and then they hear about them. And then there's a little fan over on the side. You just pull the cord and it fans the deities with a peacock fan. So they all line up and they get to fan the deities. So uh, Prabhupada always had these uh, visions. And now there's the Govardhanikul village. People go there, they'll see a replica of, of Vrindavan. So he wanted to erect for the members and for society at large, always putting this clause in there, and for society at large, always propagating a holy place of transcendental pastimes dedicated to the personality of Krishna. And then purpose six, to bring the members closer together for the purpose of teaching a simpler and more natural way of life. It was one of Prabhupada's uh, main purposes to show that you don't need a lot. Uh, you don't need the big Ugra Karma buildings and uh, motorways and oil to run all these things. But if you have some cows and you have some land and you grow some trees and you have some vegetables and you offer them to Krishna, you can live happily. I mean, look how happy the cows look there and the devotees too. And my experience recently being locked down here just in my garden and growing a few things as amateur as I am and growing, I feel like it's the rog marg, really. <laughs> I get in ecstasy picking peaches. I'm thinking, Krish is so kind, Krish is so kind. Look how many he gave. And my heart just opens. You know, so Prabhupada wanted everyone to have this experience of a simpler, more natural way of life because it's something that the world's forgotten and they've got turned around think that real happiness means to be in the city. People are being slaughtered in the city. Uh, they're, they're, uh, yesterday I was on my walk and I saw a group of young people in the park 
and they were standing in the park and they were all looking at their phones. <laughs> They're looking at their cell phones, absorbed, entranced, addicted. And so the whole world's distracted. And Prabhupada's so merciful. He thought, yes, along with all this, there will be a place that people can repair to where they'll see this simpler, more natural way of life. And you can directly worship, you can directly realize Krishna on a farm. You don't have to be a scholar. You don't have to do anything, but just go there. And when you see cows, you become Krishna conscious. Because Prabhupada said it defies human reason to understand how by being around the cows, uh, human beings become elevated to higher consciousness. But it's just a fact. And look at that brown cow. Look at the, the look on her face. It's so beautiful. And finally... The seventh purpose with a view towards achieving the aforementioned purposes to publish and distribute periodicals, magazines, books, and other writings. I didn't miss this when I was doing my seminar because I realized, oh, Prabhupada had all these purposes and with a view towards achieving them, we would publish and distribute books and periodicals. That's a, a strong endorsement for book distribution, isn't it? Yes. And so it's a, such a neat package, the purposes all together and then how the aforementioned purposes would be achieved it becomes very important. So if we can uh, become acquainted with these purposes, perhaps keep them more visible in our lives and look at them regularly and remember some of the main points and some of the words, the terminologies Prabhupada used, will be uh, well served and directed. I find that it's a perennial problem. Somebody becomes expert at Krishna consciousness and then they want to become independent uh, and go somewhere else, do their own thing. Once one of my god brothers, we were talking about another god brother who had left the, the greater society of devotees for one misunderstanding or another to start his own kind of branch and my god brother said he's he's really such a bright person and a, a well-accomplished if he wasn't such a ball hog he could <laughs> he could do a lot more i didn't play basketball and the person that comes down the court every time never passes it and always wants to shoot it is <laughs> a ball hog so you know, when we're when we're working together as one society, there's a sense that uh, don't be a ball hog, pass it off. You know, yeah, maybe you could hit the shot from outside, but come on, you know, pass it around. Let other people have an opportunity. Also, people win with teamwork, and uh, that's what's pleasing to Krishna. Also, so let's take a few more reflections. Avantika, what did you think of the presentation? What things came into your mind when you were watching? Hi, Krishna. I thought the presentation itself was made super nicely. I like the slides looked really great. So that was really nice of Anshu to make. I also really liked the seven purposes and especially the last one, like you mentioned, where it said with the view of achieving all the other ones. And I thought that was really nice of Prabhupada to think of. Thank you very much. Anshu, uh, what was it like putting together these slides? What, what, how do you do that? I think making slides is very nice because I learned so much more when I'm doing the slides and doing all the research because going, I'm going through looking at all, all these purposes. I learned so much by doing them. Yeah. So how do you do it? 
what's the methodology? Oh, or, step one, step two, step right. three. Or I was I was told to make on make it on the seven purposes of ISKCON. So then I went to the ISKCON GBC and saw what those seven purposes were. I just made one slide for each purpose and put pictures. Yeah. Yeah, that you're you're really holding out on us here as far as describing <laughs> the process. Yeah, I just I I just took the verbatim whatever the purpose was, and then I put it on a slide, and I, all the details are very intricate, but basically just finding high resolution images and putting it as the background. Yeah. Okay, I could see you. It's a secret thing. You don't want to tell us all the all the steps. I'm just I'm just kidding with you, Anshu. You did a great job, and uh, the only downside for you is now that the word's out. Um, <laughs> you, you may you may never have a moment of peace. <laughs> so let's hear let's hear a few more. I really want to hear from you what, what any of the points that came out that you're taking away from you, especially those that lifted you up that you felt oh yeah this makes my, gives me more insight. I want to do more. I want to be a better devotee. I want to help the movement. What did what did you hear? I really liked the part that said that book distribution, as Marini just mentioned, <laughs> book distribution encompasses all the other seven purposes. So that made me feel super happy. Yeah, actually, it didn't say it compresses all of them, but it did say that you achieve the aforementioned. You know, it's yeah. active. It's, it's a very interesting point that that uh, you can achieve the aforementioned. So why don't you comment about, I know it's nice because we're oriented towards book distribution. But some some other communities leaders might say, "Oh, yeah, you guys just all you do is book distribution," and uh, of course you like that one because uh, you know you're brainwashed. But um, you know, how would you say practically that? Uh, <laughs> how would you say practically that that uh, we we are are achieving? To give one incident, give one. Um, way in which we are achieving the aforementioned purposes, name an aforementioned purpose and tell how we are achieving any of those through doing book distribution. Anyone? I, Go I, ahead, Sukeshri, you start, make your case. Uh, I, there are several instances, but one specific one I was just thinking that uh, Sirisha was my neighbor in, in the apartment and she was expecting, so I told her we will read Bhagavad Gita. And it's very good for the baby. <laughs> so then she started reading Bhagavad Gita and then she likes, loves to cook. So I said, maybe you can do a little service in the temple. And uh, then she started, uh, then I said that, you know, you have to at least chant one round to start cooking for Radha Madhanam. And then she started chanting one round and then she started chanting 16. So I was just thinking it all started with reading Bhagavad Gita for the baby. Uh, I mean, she's been my neighbor for quite some time by then. But uh, I, I think uh, that kind of... Uh, fanned the whole thing. And I think there are several instances like that. I'm sure many devotees would say. Yeah. And, and, you know, the point is that the book distribution is the tip of the spear, right? Because you had that on your mind and you felt that gave you permission to, you know, say to her, you know, Hey, here's the way to go. Cause that's, that's the mood of book distribution. It's like, get out there, tell them, make sure they take it. And we get used to that kind of thing. And of course now, and now, um, you know, from that, Shrisha has become uh, instrumental in hundreds of people taking to Krishna consciousness because, you know, she's all taken it up. So that that goes to the word propagating. It means to breed, to increase the numbers. So you talk to her and now she talks to thousands of people. 
uh, with such enthusiasm, right? Nice one. Nice example. Does somebody have another example, a slightly different one that uh, you can say? Shraddha, go ahead. Yeah, so Maharaj, uh, two things. The one I was thinking was um, about bringing people together as a family. And I was just um, marveling that how uh, the weekend, uh, the weekend warriors, they actually are, they come across as a family, especially when we see that you know, those who are even not participating in book distribution, they are back at home and they are cooking food and nice muffins and they keep showing all these nice pictures. And so it's really like, you know, how in a family, the mother cooks, the father goes out and works. It really comes across as a family. And especially in these days of the coronavirus where we have, you know, no other association, even, you know, like when, like we had a team meeting last Thursday and it really felt like a family. And, and yeah. that, um, yeah, Marat, sorry, you were saying something. I was just agreeing with you. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so uh, that day I was in back-to-back back -back meetings right from six o'clock, and I knew that my last meeting will end at about 12.30 in the midnight, and I didn't have a chance to eat. But when I went to this meeting, I just said, you know, I feel I'm, I use the words, you know, I feel that I'm among friends and I can eat during a meeting like that. So that was one thing. And the second thought was that, um, that you know, when that's about, again, about the seventh purpose, fulfilling the other purposes, I was reminded of the verse, yatha tarur mood initiate that we always say that if you worship Krishna, then the rest of the demigods will be satisfied. So similarly here, like yeah. distribution, other purposes are taken care of. Nice. Nicely done. I, I just want to, I know there was two more that wanted to jump in, but I want to address Sri Madhava Mahotsava Prabhu because he wrote out his question. He says, on the point of cooperation, sometimes it appears that a leader's priorities seem to be business or temple worship over Sankirtan, which uh, far less attended or participated in, which is far less uh, attended or participated in. Does cooperation mean following the leader or following what appears to be Srila Prabhupada's vision, like book distribution? Well, this is uh, uh, the issue that comes up in every one of and any kind of organization or, or corporation, there's an X and Y axis. And on the vertical axis, axis rather, there's the overarching purpose of the organization. And then on the Y axis, there's a series of various departments. And each one of them is aligned under the umbrella of the organization and each one of the individual departments within uh, has the uh, duty to stay aligned with that. And it's possible from each department then to become more prominent uh, or think that they're more prominent and more important. And this in business lingo is called bounded rationality. And so uh, it's always a balancing act and, and reshuffling. I mean, one way to look at it in a positive way is an organ is to look at the organization and see how they do overall with each one of the um, purposes. And uh, does, for instance, if you're in a place that uh, also has infrastructure to maintain and other projects going on simultaneous to book distribution, uh, how do those ultimately, you can analyze how they ultimately um, assist book distribution. In other words, they might keep a lot of people in one place so that they can cooperate together and do book distribution and so forth. Um, 
he said sometimes it appears that leaders priorities seem to be business or temple worship over sankirtan um it really is sub- it, a lot of it is subjective uh and i know that from uh i mean it's one thing to be a sankirtan devotee which um i've i've aspired to be over the years and then also when you take a leadership position then uh you find out that there's a lot of other stuff that you have to attend to at the same time and that tends to uh, change the vision it's a yeah it's a balance it has there has to be balance and oftentimes things are moving one direction or another that's what balance means but always coming back to the center is important i don't think i gave you a very satisfactory answer but perhaps i can be more detailed at another time Okay, we'll take one more question or reflection. Yes. I have just a, a clarification. So there are two clarification I wanted. First was the seventh purpose. It says that the periodically distribute book. So it just means Siddha Prabhupada's book or also the next generation or like the future generation, there will be new books will be generated and that also includes in that seventh purpose. As I, my um, feeling which I wrote about in our family business in the last chapter. I wrote specifically about this. Do you remember that? Yes, yes. This is just my realization, but it it's that Srila Prabhupada's voice, which comes through his books, is, is the foundational vibration of, of ISKCON. The way he thinks, the way he um, has packaged Krishna consciousness, the way he has synthesized the teachings of the, of the Acharyas is the essential vibration of ISKCON. And therefore, his his books are essential uh, and knowing them, imbibing them, reading all of them and understanding his mood is essential. And this is, um, for one who reads Prabhupada's books and understands them, it's uh, then very natural to th- to th- uh, adopt his uh, value system and his mood. And then uh, if there are other books that uh, help one to bring people into that vibration, those can also be very important. And after all, Prabhupada asked his um, his followers, his disciples, to write. Uh, as an example, uh, when Srup Damodar Maharaj wrote his book about science, it was just a small book, but Prabhupada showed it off everywhere and was beamingly pleased with him writing that book and encouraged others to write as well. And it's in the mood of explicating particular points that Prabhupada makes in his books and then uh, making them available to people. So I've been having this conversation recently with uh, Vijay Prabhu because he called me recently and said, you know, previously uh, as the book distribution minister, he had set a quota for how many uh, BBT books as a ratio to other kinds of books that book distributors should do. But now that uh, more authors are writing within the BBT itself, uh, we had to revisit that. And he was saying, so should there be also a sense of quota that uh, making Prabhupada's books prominent, not just saying BBT books, because there could be other authors as well within the BBT. And um, at least my realization was that uh, to some degree there should. I mean, it's a little artificial because people are 
interested in distributing what they want to distribute. But at the same time, we can't lose, uh, in my opinion, a track of the fact that Prabhupada's books are the foundational vibration of our movement. So we have to keep that in mind as well. I hope that helps. Yes, uh, definitely, Guru Maharaj. And the second question I had uh, around the same thing that one thing is that you can just keep the book distribution as the focus. Another thing is that whatever you develop, like you are giving the example of Hungarian form or any other community, and each project has the book distribution also um, yeah. included. So what is the b better understanding that only the book distribution is everything or like you include whatever project you do in your community, do you include book distribution as a part of that? The second thing you said, that's okay. my vision. I think that, you know, some of the best book distribution is done when, for instance, people come to uh, Krishna Volgi and they, you know, they want to visit the farm. And they want to see cows and they want to see people living off the land because the devotees there live off the grid. And then they go there and they, they get this uh, holistic experience. And then they say, I want to read about this. What motivates you people? That's a very powerful way to distribute books. And the two things go together like hand and glove or as, as Keshe Bardimar says, as peas and carrots. Apparently they go together. Um, so, so, so we should, uh, I, I, I think that, you know, just like those things, you get a packet of something that says, just add water. You know, there's certain things you get in a package that says, just add water. So all these other things is just add book distribution. And then they become very uh, powerfully manifested. So I I feel that we should have all these other projects, but none of them, all of them should exist to support the others as, at the same time. What I mentioned about bounded rationality is, uh, you know, I can get into Varnashrama uh, and then just say the heck with everything else. Or I can get into book distribution and say the heck with everybody and everything else also because this is the only thing. But it, it, cooperation and broad-mindedness, which these seven purposes together, it's not just one. They're all together to achieve the aforementioned purposes. They have to be synergistically executed. So when you when you think of them all together and you rejoice in all the projects and appreciate all of them together, uh, then uh, you have the kind of mix that Prabhupada was looking for. He was very eager to have all kinds of projects. He was interested in everything that would extend Krishna consciousness and get it into the fabric of the world. But he acknowledged that these books are, are basic to that whole process because if we don't have them, first of all, we've got, we don't have a leg to stand on <laughs> without the Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhagavatam. It's just another a sentimental idea of spirituality. But we're standing on Bhagavad Gita and Prabhupada said, Bhagavad Gita as it is, you have to preach what Krishna said, otherwise you're useless. You're not in the parampara and you have no effectiveness at all if you deviate from that. But you have to do it in such a way that people can digest it. Uh, and so you have to be smart about it. And also you have to show them how to live because what we're finding now, we go out on the internet, we put out videos and stuff. So, you know, recently, like a year and a half ago, I started, um, uh, Jai Madhava Prabhu was helping me make all these videos. And then one of them, uh, we boosted up a little bit because you can boost them. And then it went out to over 100,000 people. And then a bunch of people came calling and say, okay, we're here. What do we do now? 
And we said, mm, I don't know, watch another video. <laughs> and they just left. So then, uh, you know, we were thinking about it. There has to be an infrastructure for them when they come. Like, what do we do now? There has to be systematic pra practice for them to come to and a place for them to congregate, a place for them to get uh, socialized. This is all in the, pur in the purposes. So, yeah, you can go out and distribute books. And, you know, you know me, as far as I'm concerned, that's, uh, that's fine <laughs> because it's so important. The Shastras are so potent. But Prabhupada's vision is that they all go together. And you don't separate one from the other. They all go together. So Makarvin, a very bright and uh, uh, evocative, important questions. Thank you for your fine, finely tuned in t spiritual intelligence to bring those things up. Okay, so uh, Anshu, you're getting a lot of accolades here. Don't let this go to your heads, son. Uh, very nice slides, Anshu, especially the slide of TOVP. It is really well done. And it represents this emergence of the um, powerful uh, young Vaishnavas that we have in our in our midst. They're coming of their own in developing uh, projects, uh, making strategic plans, uh, showing their skills here and there. We know some of you can build robots and uh, score 185 on uh, what is that called? That test. The uh, you know, to get into college. SAT. Yeah, SAT and stuff like that. And now we're starting to see how you can actually uh, take responsibility for spreading the Krishna consciousness movement. And that's, uh, to me, uh, the most heartening of all the uh, the things that I could see. And I know Prabhupada would feel, Prabhupada uh, expressed that many, many times about how important it was to have this uh, succession coming up. Hare Krishna. Thank you, everybody, for a morning full of um, joyful chanting of the holy names, discussion of Prabhupada's seven purposes. Can everyone please unmute and say Hare Krishna? Hare Krishna! Hare Krishna! Hare Krishna! Hare Krishna! Hare Rama! Hare Rama! Hare Krishna! Hari Krishna, thank you. Not to the Arm Arman, 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 not to the Arm Arman.